You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject that I have coming up for you is Scott Lewis. He fronts a technical death metal band from San Diego called Carnifex, and the reason for the conversation is to promote their August 2nd, 2019 release called World War X. So let's have a listen to what Scott has to say. Here we go. Hello. Hey, Scotty. It's Andrew McKay-Smith calling. How hey, are you, man? mate? Doing well. How are you? Mate, plugging away. It's uh, it's a sprightly 6am here, and um, where, <laughs> where I'm from in the world, it uh, usually doesn't go below about 15 degrees, but I'm just going to check what temperature it is outside at the moment. This is really unusual for us, 6 degrees. Um, oh, Celsius. cold, huh? Yeah, it's it's weird. It's it probably doesn't feel like it's six degrees to be honest with you, but uh, it feels like it's about twelve or thirteen because we don't have the wind blowing through. But mate, it's it's winter and we only get a few weeks of it here. You know, when I say winter, genuinely cold weather and in that sense. So I'm not going to complain too much, mate. No, no point in complaining. Can't change a bloody <laughs> weather, can we? <laughs> no, I feel you. Which our our winter's pretty mild as well uh, where I'm at in San Diego. So. S- San Diego reminds me a bit of Sydney, actually, um, mainly because of the gum trees. What oh, got, yeah. You know, you, you probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's, it was mm-hmm. so weird the first time I went there and I saw all these gum trees. It felt like I was driving through Lane Cove National Park in Sydney or something. So uh, I think if there was one city that I was going to live in in the States, it'd be that one. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, I love it here too. And, and yeah, when... You know, we were down there uh, 2010, so a while ago mm. now, but I, I do remember a lot of the trees being real similar, which was, you know, it was nice seeing some familiar things. It is, yeah, a bit of that familiarity on tours. So, but mate, this album here, let's talk about this one here. So, is it World War X or World War X? X. X, there you go. So, that's the name of the new album. I've had it for a couple of weeks. So, I've had quite a few listens to it. There are plenty of the things that make a Carnifex for for it to be a great Carnifex album. I'm not too Thank familiar you. with your back catalogue to really say it's your best album, but I know you think that because, of course, I've got the bio there. <laughs> but here's my question for you, okay? Because this is this is the point that I want to make here. Do you think that this is the one? Do you think this is the album that'll give you the reach and the success that I think you so richly deserve? Hmm. Well, first of all, thank you for that. I uh, appreciate that compliment. Uh, that's, that's a tricky one to answer. I, I want to think it is. I want to believe it is. I hope it is. You know, hmm. we really did put everything into the record, but not in like a, you know, kind of calculated, we're going to get big way. And that it was really kind of just an inspired record from like from us as musicians, like a musician standpoint. We just hmm. had a great time writing it. We got along so well writing it. It just was, it was really a fun experience. It was probably the most fun I've ever had working on an album. So in that sense, yeah, I sure hope it is. But it's also like a tricky landscape right now. It's, you know, it, it's just kind of hard to be able to figure out, you know, what, kind of what's the avenue to take for reaching people and, and getting our, you know, sort of cutting through that static. and. Hmm. And, and I believe it's the best record, but you know how to how do you get people to to take that thirty minutes to give it a chance? That's really what we're fighting right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly, mate. Mate, you, you're fighting all sorts of things. It's not just about it's it's the attention spans of human beings. It's not just their preferences in music at the moment. I mean, I'm I'm back at uni, journalism student with a social media major, and we're actually learning how quickly 
people's attention span switch from one subject matter to another one and they just gloss mm -hmm. over things and it's really hard especially for musicians such as yourself you got to you know you you at this point you could almost call yourselves veterans okay you know what you're doing okay it's a quality yeah. product and i think if a hard rock or heavy metal fan out there really wants to get into a band who have a very consistent sound and your your voice is fantastic mate too by the way on this album here it's just thank you just roars right through you and i've <laughs> i've listened to it with headphones on and also on the um my, the predominant method that i listen to music is actually over the iphone speakers so i know oh. it, your vocal mate whoever mixed that did a beautiful job mastered it did a beautiful job of making sure your vocal just sat right over the top of the um the guitars yeah, let me take a minute to, to thank those people. I have to say, you know, so I did my vocals with Mick Kenny. He's a, he's a producer here in, in Southern California, just up the road in Huntington Beach. Um, and, you know, the rawness that you hear on the record, um, that, that was a lot of just him and me working together and us really saying, hey, we want to do these real big takes, kind of similar to how you would do them live. Because, mm. you know, normally when you do a metal record, the, when you track the vocals you're tracking it in like very small bits and pieces at a time it's kind of a strange process but we really wanted to get away from that so i have to thank mick for really helping me and leading me in that regard and then jason who mixed the record and then ted jensen master they they all did a great job so i just want to give them credit yeah how did you find these guys then as i say you've been doing this a while now so you know what you're looking for is it just you, you listen to other records and you think that's the sound that i'm going for so i want to work with that guy yeah, in part, yeah, you know, and they're also friendships, you know, and they're because for Carnifex, it's very, we're very, uh, our control and agency over everything is you know, super important to us, um, especially with this record, NB Nuclear Blast. They really said, you know, they just took us off the leash and said, hey, we'll support anything you want to do as far as who you want to work with, the other mm. people you want to work with. So, you know, really for us, Jason, yeah, he's an amazing engineer, an amazing producer, but he's also a friend. We've done a bunch of records with him, and we've just known him for years now. And he's he's just a great collaborator. You know, he's someone that, you know, throws out amazing ideas, but if you need to push back against an idea, it's not like he's, you know, some big scary producer or anything like that. <laughs> um, and yeah, Mick's a friend. And then Ted Jensen, we don't know him personally, but his catalog speaks for itself. You know, he's he mastered Pantera, he mastered Slipknot, Alice in Chains, uh, yeah, awesome. Soundgarden, you know, any legendary act, he, he had his fingerprints on it. So for us to be on that list, too, is, you know, big thanks to Ted for making time for us. How did you get the drums to sound the way that they sound? Because they're very tight. It's a very tight sound. It's compressed, but it's not so compressed that it sounds like a typewriter, if you know what I'm saying. You actually sound like as though you got the drums to sound like the way lucas and miles got the way the drums to sound in all too well or off rings of the rings of satin record the last mm. one that they did so was there a lot of attention or more attention than usual placed on getting the drums to sound the way they do you know there there definitely was because to be completely frank i think the drums didn't come through the way we had fully envisioned on the previous album you know, we just kind of want him to be just a little sharper and just a little, like, kind of more aggressive, like, just really cut. Yep. And so we really did focus on the drums for this album. And uh, I think it it was a challenge not just to get the drums where we wanted, but this album with all the layers that are on it. And, you know, a song 
from a song like No Light Shall Save Us. If you open up that session, there's like 124 different tracks going oh on in there. Jeez. So for, for Jason, from like an engineer, you know, audio standpoint, <laughs> the album was kind of a beast to wrangle, you yep. know. Um, so getting those drums right was like the foundation of that. He really had to have those things. Uh, you know, there was no backtracking, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, we spent, we just, you know, we spent 44 days just on guitars in the studio. Holy we just shit. Spent a long, yeah, yeah, I know. It, it was holy shit, to be honest. <laughs> um, but but the thing was, is we didn't put a, the reason it was 44 days is because we didn't put a limit on it. We just said, okay, guitars are going to start, and when they're done, they're done. Yep. And it was a challenging record to do because, you know, it's in drop F, it's super low tuning, but wow. Jordan's all over the fretboard, you know, so to capture that, that's challenging from, a, from an audio engineer standpoint. So it just took a lot of time. I had no idea you tuned that low. See, I'm a musician as well, and um, I played a half a step down, but drop F, can you explain that to me? Is that a whole step down and then one and a half again? Uh, okay, so I would have to turn you over to Jordan, uh, the, the sort of musical virtuoso. But yeah, so no, it's not it's not double drop, you know. So you have uh, nor our let's see, like uh, "Die Without Hope" was uh, in drop A, but then "Slow Death" was our first album that was in drop F. Uh, so it's just what like two two steps lower than A. So it's A and then what G and then F again. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. um, yeah. So it, it, there, but then you know Jordan's all the way up at the top doing the solos too. So yeah, definitely. You, you know, yeah. he's. It, it's a challenging record to get that guitar intonated and get that right set of strings on there, where the low F is going to hold the tune the same way when he's up on the high F. Mm. You know, hitting the solo notes. So that's why they spent so much time on it too. I think I think the band is famous for like this interstellar forward thrust thing that you guys have got going on with you roaring over the top of it. But one of the things that I really do enjoy about this album here is, is there's a, a slower moment. I wouldn't even call it a slower moment. It's not like Blessed Are the Sticks six style slower moment. But in this infernal darkness, after the in, the you know the noisy intro thing, that guitar riff that comes in, man, I wanted that one to come back in a few more times. I've got to tell you. It's just, yeah, yeah. sometimes, do you ever sort of, how do you make decisions about when to, I mean, I know this is a redundant question potentially, but bear with me here, okay, because I like to get inside of the mind of the, the musicians and the artists when I'm having a chat about these things, because I hear these things and I think, man, that's a crushing riff and it goes for 10 seconds and then you go somewhere else and I'm really hungry for that particular riff to come back in again because it's been so menacing and I really noticed that with this infernal darkness. So how do you, who takes responsibility for making sure that it, riffs are where they need to be as i said i know it's a redundant question but let's go for it yeah no it's so this is getting into process which i really enjoy talking about it's really fun um so sean and jordan they're the two principal songwriters so essentially what they do is they'll they'll start working on a song and uh then i work pretty closely with them either i'll work just me and sean or sometimes the three of us will work together kind of jointly on a song but Usually, if Sean wrote a song, then Sean and I will work on it. And if Jordan wrote a song, Jordan and I will work on it. We'll kind of do it that way. And this Infernal Darkness in particular was written by Sean. Um, it's one of my favorite songs that he's written. Uh, it's one of my favorites on the album, too. Uh, and really what it is, is it's just this process that we try. First, we sort of try to find the backbone of the song, sort of think about like a middle out. We're mm. kind of starting at the chorus, kind of the central idea is where we start. 
and then from there, you know, those guys, they're really musically minded. So they're going into riffs going, okay, I'm going to make sure I'm in the same mode. I'm in the same scale. Mm. Um, and even stuff that's really a little bit um, kind of, you know, beyond my understanding. I like to think, think I'm pretty versed in the verbiage, but they really <laughs> actually know it. You yeah. know what I mean? So they're they're really looking at it from that musician standpoint. Now, me on the other hand, I'm a musician, yeah, but I don't play an instrument per se. So I'm coming in from a vocalist standpoint, which is all about melody, you know, which mm. is different in that I'm not I don't have my technical glasses on like they do, which we need. I have more of like my listener, oh man, that's a hook. Let's hear that mm. again. Yep. I'm the kind of the feeling guy. So when we get together, it's this great counterbalance of I'm kind of saying, hey, like, let's ride this feeling because I, I feel like the listeners going to like this because I like this. and I'm a fan of metal and I'm a fan of this song that you wrote. So let me put myself in the seat of the of the fan and try to see if I can sort of guide your technicality and then me looking for that good feeling that you want from a song. And then we just go back and forth and rewrite and rewrite and do a lot of listening until we get it to where we're happy. Mm. Yeah, that's all you can really do, isn't it? You know, you just put it in the cloud somewhere, go somewhere else, grab a beer, sit down and have a listen to it away from the recording environment, I assume? Yeah. Is that how it's done? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what we did on this album in particular was we spent, when we were off a tour, we would really generate a lot of material and kind of in this free-form way. They weren't necessarily four songs or full arrangements. It would maybe be three riffs that, they thought went together or maybe just one riff that they really liked but it was just kind of on its own hmm. so we just generate all this material and then sort of do these loose arrangements and then from there when we were on tour we just listen so while we're riding around playing shows playing all our old songs we're just listening and if, you know across that month whatever we don't like we make a note in and then go in and fix and you just keep doing that until you listen to the song for a month and go Wow, I can't think of anything to change. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, that's what you got, man. That's a really good way of describing it, actually. Yeah, you just get it to a point where it's like, yeah, we're done. Abandoned it in terms of, you know, art is abandoned. You know, that theory, you never finish yeah. it. You just abandoned it because you've taken it's it as far. You know? So you mentioned you mentioned before, too, and I, I don't think this is correct. You, uh, 2010 was the last time you were down here. But uh, mm -hmm. you do have a fan base down here. I certainly see enough of your T-shirts at festivals. When I go to the few that I do go to down here, but uh, when do you think you'll be back down? I mean, it's tricky. We've been c trying to get down, but we just aren't able to connect with a promoter. Is so there's the reality of it? You know, I just mm. uh, I know we tried hard to get down there when the Soundwave stuff was happening. Um, you know, never never had a chance to play that festival, and then I'm not sure. We just haven't really got a chance to connect with a promoter down there. Yeah, it can be like that, can't it? Yeah, I, I hear this this often, and there are some, there are some really good promoters here. I've got to tell you, I mean, it's at the moment. I think we're at a point where there's anywhere between two and five bands from either the UK or the US touring, and I'm talking about quality bands like yourself too, not just yokels. Um, mm. So they're out there, mate. So yeah, I'd maybe talk to John. You know, John who set up the interviews for us. Um, because they're definitely out there, man. And I, I was just thinking, Soundwave. You guys have got Soundwave written all over you when that was going on, meaning that you, you like, you've really fit the bill. On that, we festival. tried. 
man, we tried. It just didn't happen. You know, so I, you know, I, sometimes it's just industry stuff. You know, it's more about the managers and the agents than the bands. Oh, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yep, I do indeed. Not that I've had one before, but <laughs> I've spoken to enough of you to know that that takes up most of your time anyway, outside of playing music. It does, yeah. All right, mate, I better let you go. Thanks so much for the conversation. Uh, this this album's a good one, man. I really hope it does for you what it uh, it should, really, and I hope enough ears, impressionable ears across the globe get to hear it because I really would love to see you guys go to that, that next level and just, you know, fucking get on those European festivals and, you know, third from the top, that sort of second or third yeah. from the top underneath an Iron Maiden or a priest, mate. You guys deserve to be there, I reckon, so good luck with it. Thank you, man. Yeah, I feel like this is like... Not 2.0, but maybe 3.0. It feels like another <laughs> chapter, whatever, however you want to sort of use the verbiage. But yeah, I, I appreciate that, and we hope for the same thing. We're really just trying to just trying to bring that enjoyment of metal to as many people as possible. I can so tell. Hopefully, it gets yeah. out there. I can tell that, mate. You guys, you know, you might look ferocious on videos and stuff, but I can actually tell you're having a lot of fun when you're doing it. So good on you. Yeah, we are. Good eye. <laughs> we definitely are. <laughs> All right, man. It was good talking to you. Yeah, likewise, mate. No worries at all. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject you just heard from them was Scott Lewis from the US death metal outfit, Carnifex. Thanks so much for listening.